Okay, everyone, and welcome back to Crisis of Crime. I'm your host, Rachel Means, and I'm a criminologist. Thank you all so much for tuning in today to the podcast. I know we've been on a bit of a hiatus, but all I can say is that 2020 has been a hot mess, so I apologize for that. Today, I'm sitting down virtually, of course, with Chantel Cherry Lassiter with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice to talk about their new publication, the Umar Muhammad Clean Slate Toolkit. How are you doing today, Chantel? I am great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So glad we could have you on the podcast today. So could you tell us a little more about the Southern Coalition for Social Justice and what your role is there? Okay, yes. The Southern Coalition for Social Justice is um, an organization that was started in August of 2007. And basically, um, we are a group of attorneys, uh, community advocates, um, communication staff, um, lawyers, um, basically a group of people who are trying to uh, assist people with dismantling structural racism and oppression in their communities. Um, we also protect voting rights of people and we ensure um, that, that people have a voice in, in the system where sometimes they feel like they don't have a voice. I personally work on the justice systems reform team and I primarily work on expunctions and we also do a few um, school to prison pipeline issues and, and things of that nature as well, but I specifically work on expunctions right now. Okay, so no small task there. Um, thank you for having your organization start to work through some of these issues. That's definitely a lot to tackle there. The Umar Muhammad Clean Slate Toolkit was created as a guide to navigate the new Second Chance Act in North Carolina, which was signed into law of June of this year. What does this Second Chance Act mean for those in North Carolina with criminal records? Well, basically, the uh, Second Chance Act has given uh, more ability, more availability for people to have their records expunged. Um, for example, um, the Raise the Age that occurred in December of last year um, prompted some of this some of this legislation. The Raise the Age expunctions have changed where if a, a juvenile, which before, let, let me explain what Raise the Age is for people. Um, prior to December of last year, 2019, um, if a person was um, 16 years old, they could be charged criminally as an adult in the justice system. If um, that has changed now, the North Carolina uh, caught up with the rest of the United States and they changed the age to 18. Um, so therefore, the Second Chance Act allows for any misdemeanors or class H and F felonies that were committed before the Raise the Age Act, um, so before December 2019, and if the, the person was between 16 and 18 and charged as an adult, then they can have the ability to have their record expunged under this Second Chance Act. Um, basically, uh, it's allowing for people that, you know, possibly could have had a juvenile record had it been uh, after December of 2019. So if you're 16 years, 16 years of age and you have an adult um, charge on your, in your, in the adult system, charge on your record, this helps with um, getting that taken off. And another thing, they, um, another change is that prior to the Second Chance Act, if you had a felony conviction, you could not have any relief for dismissed cases. So you have a dismissal um, on your case. You couldn't get that expunged. It's still sitting there if you have a felony conviction. That has changed. If you have a felony conviction, it will no longer prevent people who also have dismissals on their record from having those dismissals taken off. So that is a benefit because now, you know, 
if you've done, if something happened and you were charged with something and you were found, you know, not guilty or it was dismissed, um, and you have a felony from like maybe years ago, it's not going to affect you for getting your, um, having your dismissed cases uh, taken off. Um, another one I'll point out is the misdemeanor um, convictions uh, that has changed. If you have a misdemeanor conviction prior to the Second Chance Act, if you have more than one misdemeanor, you could, uh, you couldn't get those taken off or, you know, can apply for, for expulsions for those. So now if you have one misdemeanor, it's still the same five years. You have to wait five years with, um, without having any other uh, incidences on your record to apply to have those removed. And if you have more than one, now it's changed that you can also apply to have those removed after a seven-year waiting period. So the waiting period is longer, but you can have more than one misdemeanor, um, non-violent misdemeanor removed. Um, from your record. So it's a lot, it's a lot of, you know, ins and outs there. It's a lot of information. Um, and we always refer people to the website because they can, it can, uh, the toolkit that we created will help people understand some of that legal jargon that, that I just, that I just talked about. It can be very confusing for some people, but it sounds like this second chance act is going to be making a big difference in people's lives, especially those who had those charges put on when they were 16 or 17, but now they have a way to get them expunged. So that's fantastic. And you all have made a clean slate toolkit to help people navigate this Second Chance Act because there is a lot of legal jargon, like you mentioned. So how can individuals access this toolkit and what resources will they find there? Okay, so the toolkit is on our website, southerncoalition.org. So S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N coalition, C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N.org. Click on southerncoalition.org. You can go to the program tab and then click on justice systems reform tab. And under resources will be the Umar Muhammad Clean Slate Toolkit. Uh, What they will find there is a 28, 30-page information uh, toolkit. They can access it on their computer, on their phones. Um, We try to make it easily accessible to people. Um, So, you know, even if you don't have maybe Wi-Fi, if you have someone that has a a phone with 4G, 5G or whatever, you can still access this toolkit. Um, They will find a glossary, which explains uh, some of the terminologies that they will need once they start talking to their clerk's offices about uh, filing forms, which is, we call them petitions for relief um, from, you know, to file the petitions for their expungement process to start. So they would have a step-by-step guide. We do it step one, step two, step three. We let them know, you know, what to do in each process. And also we let them know in the beginning, you were going to need certain things like you need internet, you need a valid, you know, reliable address in case people need a correspondence and correspondence to you, phone numbers, um, transportation to uh, be able to get to the, to the clerk's offices to get your record or um, file your paperwork. So, um, it's, it's also uh, listed uh, information of how to contact individuals at our organization so that if people have um, other concerns after they start the process and read through this handbook, basically, they may have other questions um, and we can answer general questions, not specifically regarding their personal record because we won't have that, but we can answer questions, uh, you know, to let them know how to go through the process um, without having to hire a paid attorney to handle that for them. That is fantastic. I have read through the toolkit and it is so user-friendly to read through. Me not being an attorney or anything like that, I'm able to understand the steps that I would need to take if I was in a position where I was in need of this toolkit. So props to you guys. You did a fantastic job with this toolkit. 
The Clean Slate Toolkit is named for Umar Muhammad. Can you tell us about who he was and the impact that he had? Yes, um, Umar was uh, started working with the Southern Coalition back in 2014, and he was a community um, activist. He was originally um, working in Durham County, and we branched out throughout the state of North Carolina. And we he helped us uh, get the word out to people. He, you know, define issues that the communities were having individually, um, and he would give us, you know, give us information, kind of being our middle person to to let us know, okay, this is going on over here. We need to get out there and talk to these people about that this or that, um, whatever the issues seem to be. Um, he also was a member of All of Us Unknown, which is a North Carolina organization. So he was very active in the community. Um, he passed in 2017, and we wanted to honor him because he was an instrumental part of the Clean Slate um, clinics that we had. We were having clinics, and people would come in, and he would you know, get the information out there to them and get, get, connect us with the people and um, just make it more available to um to make the resources more available to people in the community. Um, so he was very instrumental in that, and he uh, was definitely missed. So we wanted to honor, honor um, Umar Muhammad with this toolkit as well. That's awesome. What a great way to honor him by naming this toolkit after him. It sounds like he made such an impact on the work that you're doing with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. What are the greatest barriers that have been identified in the expungement process and what needs to happen to remove those barriers? So on the uh, the greatest barrier, I think, is accessibility. Um, on the toolkit, we will have uh, information at the end, which lists some recommendations that we feel um, are needed. Uh, and just that's just a few of them. It's a lot of things that can be, can be worked on and improved on. But for example, um, the cost is always an issue. Anytime you deal with people that have things on their record, they have, you know, they, they may have limited opportunities with employment. And now we're asking people to pay to have their record uh, clean. So if they have a dismissal on their record, there's no charge for that. But if they have a conviction, even if it's one conviction, it's $175 just to file this paperwork. And they have to receive um, notaries. They have to, you know, get the paperwork and notarized and signed, um, and that that's a fee. So part of that, uh, the concerning um, uh, accessibility is the the fees and and having the ability to pay for things and transportation to get to, you know to the courthouses. So it's a lot of things that um, people may run into. Part of our recommendations, I'll just list a couple of them. Um, pending charges are they sh are shown in your record. So we talked about dismissals, but if you have a pending charge and you go to uh, try to get a, an employment or housing, those pending charges also show up and you haven't uh, been found guilty of anything at that point, but yet people are able to see, oh, you've been charged with, I don't know, larceny, you know, so I'm applying for a position as a clerk somewhere uh, or, you know, somewhere doing retail perhaps, and I have a, a larceny pending that I haven't been found guilty of, but yet people are able to see that. So that's, I, we don't think, I don't think that they need to be able to see your pending charges. Um, also, um, misdemeanors, you, misdemeanors are expungeable if they're nonviolent. So they consider assault a violent misdemeanor. And I get it, assault is when, you know, you have an altercation. Um, however, there are certain circumstances where you may be defending yourself, or it may be more than what is on that sheet of paper regarding that you know, what happened with that assault. So that should be, I think, you know, a case by case or actually, so people can have the option or the ability to have those removed if the situation warrants. Um, so if, for example, if you were in high school and you had a 
someone, you know, attacked you and you basically defended yourself. And for some reason, if you were still found guilty, even after going to court, if you pled guilty or found guilty, that assault is still on your record. So you're going to, they're going to see that forever. Um, if you try to do anything with nursing or home health care or, or dealing with children or, you know, anything like that, they're going to look at that as a violent offense that's on your record, even if it was a situation that was unavoidable. Um, and the access to judges and district attorneys and uh, people that have to sign these papers um, is a little intimidating for the general public to locate a judge and say, hey, you know, Your Honor, can you sign this paper? They they may not know how to, to locate the people. Hopefully, the clerk's offices will let them know how to locate the judges and the district attorneys and, uh, you know, whether they're physically located. Sometimes you need an appointment to get in. And with COVID, everything is just you know, different. Um, but even prior to COVID, it was a problem sometimes for me to get in touch with people because um, you needed appointments. And I was going all over North Carolina. And if I drive four or five hours and then it's like, oh, you need an appointment to talk to the DA. Okay. I go back home and I call and make an appointment. But you know, that, that can get a little intimidating. So we wanted people to understand that even if it gets intimidating or seems overwhelming, if they just go through the process and the steps, it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible. So it sounds like we're making great strides with the Second Chance Act, but there's always more work to do, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) What would you say to someone who is hesitant to support a Second Chance Act in their state? What are the benefits of a law like this? Well, I always like to talk about, about money, right? People people love talking about how the things will improve as far as the economy. So let's let's just make that one of the one of the things. The economy will definitely improve because you have more people working. Um, and the families will will benefit from this because you know, you have a person that's able to go to work or to um, be more involved in their community. That will lead to, uh, for example, um, if they want to volunteer at the child's school and they, they could not before because they had two misdemeanors um, and now now they've been cleared off of those, those you know, have been cleared off their record. So now they can volunteer at the child's school. So that leads to more family bonding and, um, and more generational uh, economic growth. So, um, you know, you have the parents working, the kids are, they're showing the kids, okay, this is what you need to do. So now the kids are going to be working and it just trickles down. Um, a lot of people don't, I don't know if they realize the effects of one person. It's, it seems like one person, but it, it's a domino effect. It's that one person, it's their children, their siblings, their parents. One person being unemployed can affect so many other things. So um, if you make it available so people can have opportunities to be able to work and find decent housing and, and you know, build their self-esteem and realize they're not the sum of their worst mistakes and they can do things differently and be more productive, um, that would definitely help the entire society. Hmm. So it's important for everyone to know that these type of laws help our society across the board. So this Second Chance Act is in North Carolina. What are some options for individuals with low-level nonviolent offenses in states without second chance laws? They have expulsion laws all over. Um, I don't. I, I, I'll just talk about maybe South Carolina specifically because I have some interaction with some attorneys down there, and we have um, we're trying to branch out and do other toolkits like this in other areas. Every state has their own expungement laws, and for example, in South Carolina, they have. Um, more, it seems to be a little more availability to people as far as getting things online and having more people uh, 
be able to access the information. Um, I think it was another state, I don't know if it was um, Pennsylvania, but it was another state, I don't want to incorrectly state uh, what the state was, but they, things that we're talking about now, you could go online and access this information. Um, so you didn't have to physically go anywhere, you could submit your, your paperwork online and everything. So every state has different things, even, the, if, even if they don't have the Second Chance Act, they do, do have expungement laws. And um, hopefully, the, throughout the United States, they will continually improve on those expungement laws and make it more accessible to communities. I have been chatting with Chantel Cherry Lassiter, an attorney with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Chantel. I really appreciate it. Was there anything else you wanted to add today about the toolkit or the Southern Coalition for Social Justice? And I just want to just, again, give them the information, southerncoalition.org. And it's a lot of information about the programs that we have, the resources. They, they have those all on the website, and they can find out more information about the organization that way. Okay, perfect. And I will put a link to the Southern Coalition for Social Justice in the description, as well as a link to the Umar Muhammad Clean Slate Toolkit. And thank you so much again for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Once again, that was me chatting with Chantel Cherry Lassiter of the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. Please be sure that you go check out the website at southerncoalition.org and the Umar Muhammad Clean Slate Toolkit. Once again, you can find links to both of those in the description below. Thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast today. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit crisisofcrime.com. That will be in the description as well. You can also find me on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that, Twitter. Um, But yeah, be sure to reach out. I'm always interested in hearing from you guys. If you have any topics that you want to hear about, please shoot them over. And I hope that you guys are all having good holidays. Uh, Christmas is my favorite time of year, so... I'm having fun with baking and watching all the Christmas movies and stuff like that. So um, I hope you all are doing the same. And lastly, if you are enjoying this podcast as well as the TikTok and YouTube channel and all that jazz, and you are interested in supporting me, please head on over to patreon.com slash crime where you can support by becoming a patron. Well, that is all for today. Thank you all so much again for stopping by. And until next time, this has been Crisis of Crime. Oh.